Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to bring a word uh, that I can benefit from, that can bless my brothers and sisters in the body of Christ and can bless those who will be members of the household of faith. I pray that you will make all of our hearts uh, as perceptive and receptive as necessary to receive this word as it goes forth so that it can be deeply rooted in us. As good and fallible seed, let us be a good soil to receive it so that it can um, bring forth the harvest of fruit that you are looking for in our lives. It will be transformative and miraculous as it is your desire that we receive on earth as it is in heaven. These things I ask in Jesus' name. I thank you that you've let us know that um, there are many battles that we're faced with. From the time we're conceived to the time we're born, all the way in between. And then by the time we are finally um, no longer on this side and we are in glory with you, there will be many, many battles. And uh, that's the result of spiritual warfare. And it's unavoidable. And I thank you that you've revealed to me um, certain uh, things to do with law enforcement all over the United States and all over the world. Things that you've revealed about government, any government, except for the government that rests upon the shoulders of Messiah, Jesus, world government, oh my God, is just troubled. Uh, you've also revealed things more locally, like um, on committees, town planners, um, things to do with um the United States of America and in any uh, country, in any um, part of the world, there's always a group of people at work making plans. You've revealed world systems and things of that nature. And um, as it pertains to families, things like um, generational curses and other strongholds. So, but concerning the um, things that pertain to this world, uh, whether it be uh, world systems as linked with government, law, uh, town planning, cities, it just doesn't even matter. Um, I know that you uh, surpass everything, you uh, supersede everything, you transcend time. And while I name these uh, types of attacks that you have revealed as common, I am asking that those who are listening in the body of Christ, you would touch and agree with me and engage in spiritual warfare with me before I uh, bring the lesson for today. So you've let us know, God, there's spiritual wickedness in high places. There are contrary winds, the spirit of Jezebel, the mystery whore of Babylon, racism, the spirit of Antichrist, murder, oppression, abuse of power, right wing and any other wicked extremism, hate, violence, bad politics, murder, uh, dishonest scales, theft, 
injustice, organized crime, capitalism, the love of money, child abuse and neglect, entrapment, sexual immorality and trafficking. And then as it pertains to people, generational curses. Some of the spirits that you revealed, um, you know, are as follows, such as um, the spirit of fraudulence, divisiveness, identity crisis, uh, foolishness, lies, uh, deception, sexual immorality, vanity, uh, any of the seven deadly sins for that matter, corruption on any hand, envy, victimhood, betrayal, uh, seducing or seduction, treachery, blasphemy, jealousy, covetousness, strife, greed, addiction, any kind of addiction, vengeance, malice, prideful um, mindsets, uh, prejudice, stalking, harassment, tormenting, prideful, uh, sexual immorality, not just um, normal sexual immorality, but that which is considered abnormal, according to the word of God, racism, um, intolerance, uh, violence, uh, those who are power hungry, this, these are spirits, uh, thievery, thuggery, mockery, insanity, menacing spirits, unforgiveness, terrorizing, threatening, uh, handicapped spirits of infirmity, of mental illness, victimhood. I uh, may repeat myself a couple of times, but um, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Many of the problems that we are faced with, they're not simply um, clinical, nor are they clinically treated. Many times these are spirits that we're dealing with. There's demonic possession, demonic oppression, troublemaking, trespassing, violation, backstabbing, backbiting, rebellion, war, uh, charm, trickery, uh, selfishness, self-destruction, um, autonomy, uh, disobedience, waywardness, entrapment. I've mentioned this earlier, the love of money and every evil work. Then there's like these... Uh, Parasite types, uh, leeches, a Beelzebub, basically blackmail, extortion, malfeasance, abuse of power. I'll say that again. Um, then there's flattery that goes with charm, which is deceitful and vain. Then there's reprobate, those who operate from a, um, a mind where the conscience is seared. Oh, God. Uh, then there's a spirit of insecurity, low self-esteem. And once again, this is spawned from generational curses. I've mentioned that before. It's just a few. Because as we know, the Gadarene demoniac was possessed with legion. And you're talking about at least a thousand demonic spirits. And then there's also the situation when a person has been swept clean in the spirit of a demon or a few demons, or even if it's a thousand demons, if they do not fill up on the Holy Spirit, then the spirits that left them bring back with them seven more that was worse than them. It is written and it is so. So it is important that we fill up on the Holy Spirit and we fill up on the word of God. And even if we are born again and full of the Holy Spirit, it does not mean that we cannot be oppressed okay, by the adversary. We have to watch and pray. We have to be willing to grow and put in the work that it takes with Christ so that we can uh, go from 
uh, heavenly places uh, uh, that are dimensional, not just uh, a situation where we know we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, but we want to progress in our revelation. We want we want to be willing and cheerful about our spiritual development. And I know that I've said a lot, but I mentioned those foul and unclean spirits because the blood of Jesus is against all of you foul and unclean spirits and has defeated you all and has broken your power and grip and strongholds off of these people, off of me and off of those who are listening. Okay, you are decommissioned along with those spirits you brought with you. I cast you out in the name of Jesus off of the scene. You and your evidence that was a lie. It was a deception. It came to still kill and destroy, but the blood of Jesus is against you. I bind your works and your assignments, even your residue. And now I loose in place of all of you, the Holy Spirit, the light of God, the word of God, the promises of God, and the fruitfulness of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in place of everything that was evil on earth, in the lives of God's people, and in us, and upon us, and surrounding us, as it is in heaven in the name of Jesus, and I know that is done. You are no longer able to weaponize against God's people, as it is written, no weapon formed against us shall prosper, so weapons cease and desist in the name of Jesus and what you stole returned to us sevenfold and not the way that it was when you stole it, but upgraded a better version of what you stole in the name of Jesus, you must obey. So I bind any and all wrong allegiance and wrong alliances and, and misalignment in the body of Christ. And I loose the manifestation of God who went before us and made our crooked places straight. Every crooked place, he has made it straight. I thank you for doing it, Heavenly Father, through the work of Christ Jesus. So every foul and unclean spirit, you must go back to the pit from which you came. You are not permitted to speak. You are not permitted to cause harm on your way out, and you are not allowed to transfer to another person or thing. You must only go back to hell from which you came. I lose the prevailing purpose and plan of God at work in our lives. And as far as perditionists, they are moved at the sound of my voice out of key positions, dethroned, deactivated, and ineffective perpetually and replaced by God's Holy Spirit at work through his chosen men and women who God appoints in these key positions bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. The shift is now. It is here. God will find us in faith when he returns. And so... God, you have given me a word, and I believe that it is powerful, and it is entitled Antivirus Software. If we have ever used a computer, whether it is a desktop, a laptop, a, a smartphone, a, a tablet, iPad, anything of that nature, then we are familiar with antivirus software, especially if we are Windows users, especially if we use Androids. 
as we know, it is so important if you're going to make the investment in something so costly and, you know, and it's it's supposed to be used for work or school or for other good purposes, then you want to protect it by installing antivirus software. Some come with the software and it's a trial version, but we don't want to just keep a trial version because as we know, anything that is a trial has an expiration date. We want to get the full version, but that comes with a price. In a world where technology is ever evolving, computers, robotics, AI, and algorithms are dominating, leaving fewer jobs for humans. The one occupation that will remain available is work of the soul. In America, most people use a type of computer, even if it is limited to a smartphone, video game console, or interactive educational device before the tender age of one. Since the global pandemic, teens and adults were not the only ones relying heavily upon information technology via computers and the Internet. When homeschooling and working from home became the new norm, everyone and their dog had to embrace the change and get on the web for just about anything, anything, but not everything. By now, we are familiar with related terminology such as hardware, software, download and upload, hacking, data breach and virus. I don't know about you, but regardless of why I use my laptop, iPad, or iPhone, I never want to have something installed that corrupt files, make my operating systems vulnerable to hackers and malware. If I want to be able to achieve optimal performance or usage of my equipment, then I have to be knowledgeable of apps and other means that pose a threat to the security of my personal or professional data and overall functionality. My associates who prefer Windows and Android often install antivirus software and other virtual tools in an attempt to shield them from hazards like the aforementioned. Who doesn't know that hardware and software can be quite pricey? The thing is, most of us remain on guard against the things that could destroy such investments and rightly so. Are we not aware that people are the creators of technology, hence bear similarities to said invention? Which poses the question, what are we doing to protect against the attacks that could do to us what they do to our technological devices? God places value on humankind on people. He's invested in us. He bought us with the price of his life. We are his hardware. Our hearts are his software. He says, guard the heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. Realize that we are the most expensive and extraordinary piece of equipment on earth because we are created in the image of God. It takes just as much awareness time and effort for us to achieve an optimum performance. Scripture states that there is a way that seems right to us, but the result is destructive. Scripture also states that Jesus is the way. His way refers to his methodology. 
By now, we know that self-medicating with sex, drugs, alcohol, hobbies, vocation, entrepreneurship, busyness, fill in the blank, these habits form addictive behavior that cause codependency on people, places, and things that cannot and do not produce a healthy or constructively positive result that withstands the test of time. The New Testament of the Holy Bible is canonized scripture right alongside the Old Testament or the Torah, the Tanakh or Septuagint, which proclaims that Jesus is the Messiah who was prophesied in Isaiah, who was foreshadowed in the events surrounding Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Boaz, Samuel, Esther, Cyrus, and others as these were types of. Their function was a foretaste of the new thing that God would do when in the Kairos moment, he would fulfill prophecy as illustrated in the Gospels according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Even before the Immaculate Conception and the birth of Christ, there are theophanies throughout the first half of the Bible when Daniel sees the angel of the Lord, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in the fiery furnace and a fourth man appeared, the angel of the Lord or the Son of God. David testified, in the 34th Psalm, that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them in verse 7. Melchizedek or Malchizedek, however you pronounce it, was the king of Salem and priest of El Elyon, often translated as the Most High God. He is first mentioned in Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20 where he brings out bread and wine and then blesses Abraham, or Abram at the time, and El Elyon. The burning bush of Moses and the hinder parts shown him on Mount Sinai. These were just a few ways in which Jehovah, El Elyon, the I Am, the Lord God, gave his people glimpses of his glory. Such theophany was no longer necessary at the set time or Cairo's appointment when Jesus would dwell among us and then his spirit within us as spoken by the prophet Joel and instituted or implemented at Pentecost according to the book of Acts chapter 2. This was a fulfillment of the promise made in Luke chapter 24 Verse 49, Jesus appeared to his disciples after the resurrection and told them, I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. In John 14, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit in verses uh, 15 through 21, it goes, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will comfort you. I will be with you. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live because I live. 
you also will live. And he didn't mean exist. He meant have life and have life more abundantly. On that day, you will realize that I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. This is the goal, but how do we get there? Salvation, baptism, consecration, sanctification, commission. We must be born again. We must believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he was born of a virgin, that he was sinless, but bore all of the sin of the world, died for all of us on Calvary, rose from the grave and forever lives to make intercession for us where he is seated on the right hand of the father, our great high priest and his Holy Spirit at Pentecost, starting at Pentecost. And from that point on, he dwells in the hearts of the believer. And then he, 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 he says, look, this is why I've chosen you. I'm going to separate you. I'm going to consecrate you for the master's good work, for Adonai's good work, for El Elion, El Shaddai's good work. I'm going to teach you and train you. I'm going to sanctify you, wash you and make you clean and equipped for every good work by my teachings, by the word that does this, that purifies you, that makes you clean, that makes you equipped. And then I'm going to send you out. That's when I commission you. If you get nothing else out of this message, take this with you. The Holy Spirit himself is the all-inclusive software who downloads heaven's programming that was uploaded in him upon him hearing all that God, the Father, has to say about us or had to say about us because he's already spoken it and whatever he's spoken is something that's already put in motion and whatever he has spoken and put in motion is something that he has performed. Because he watches over his word to perform it. That's what he told Jeremiah. So then put on all of the armor of God and it's all the troubleshooting you'll ever need to walk in victory. Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 20 states, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. 
for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Fellow ministers and brethren, you might ask, why would the spirit of death be it by natural causes or by suicide be a contemplation. I'm going to say this again, fellow ministers and brethren, you might ask, why would the spirit of death be by natural causes or be it by suicide a contemplation? The Apostle Paul explains it thusly in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God for just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as you are partners in our sufferings, so also you are in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of our affliction, which occurred in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we were despaired. We even despaired of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves. Here's the reason so that we would not trust in ourselves, but we would trust in God who raises the dead, who rescued us from so great a danger of death and will continue to rescue us. He on whom we have set our hope and he will yet deliver us if you also join in helping us through your prayers so that thanks may be given by many persons in our behalf for the favor granted to us through the prayers of many. We talk about corporal punishment. Paul teaches us how to tap into corporate blessings. Why is it so important? that he is granted favor to fulfill his obligation in the plan and purpose of God's calling through the grace extended him that manifests through the prayer network of saints. Philippians chapter four, verses 14 through 20 says, nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my difficulty. You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, however you pronounce it, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek the profit, which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus, Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, 
prayer, plus the sharing of tangible provisions, dual support, and acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter two, Paul says, reaffirm your love. But I decided this for my own sake, that I would not come to you in sorrow again. For if I cause you to sorrow, who then will be the one making me glad, but the one who is made sorrowful by me? This is the very thing I wrote you so that when I came, I would not have sorrow from those who ought to make me rejoice, having confidence in you all that my joy was the joy of of you all for out of much affliction and anguish of heart i wrote to you with many tears not so that you would be made sorrowful but that you might know the love which i have especially for you but if anyone has caused sorrow he has caused sorrow not for me but in some degree not to say too much for all of you sufficient for such a person is the punishment which was imposed by the majority so that on the other hand, you should rather forgive and comfort him. Forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, such a person might be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. For to this end, I also wrote so that I might put you to the test whether you are obedient in all things. But one whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did so for your sakes in the presence of Christ, so that no advantage, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes of unforgiveness. Now, when I came to Troas for the gospel of Christ, and when a door was opened for me in the Lord, I had no rest for my spirit, not finding Titus my brother, but saying goodbye to them. I went on to Macedonia, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Hallelujah. And through us reveals the fragrance of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one an aroma from death to death, to the other an aroma from life to life more abundantly. And who is adequate for these things? For we are not like the many peddling the word of God, but as from sincerity, but as from God, we speak in Christ, in the sight of God. So heavenly father, I know that the spirit of God is upon us. It's upon the saints. It's upon any one of us who you have raised up for such a time as this to be ministering spirits of yours with the spirit of God upon us anointing us 
You have anointed us. Oh my God, and you will continue with the fresh outpour of the manifestation of your presence who by the power of your spirit at work in us who's begun the good work. You are the one who started and will continue to perform the preaching of the gospel, good news to those who need it most to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You are the one who led captivity captive to proclaim to the captives you are free. For the brokenhearted, your heart can be mended. My God, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy, the spirit of praise, beauty for ashes. It's an exchange program when we go to you and yoke up with you, giving you what had us heavy laden and burdened down and restless. And we learn from you, but we receive rest unto our souls yoked up with you, no longer unequally yoked with the, the things that the world put on us, with the wages of sin, which is causing death until we are born again and we get the truth that makes us free, which is the knowledge and the, the receiving of your word that conceives the fruit that you want us to have a harvest of in our lives. I thank you for doing it. And you bestow upon us uh, titles of honor. You take off the shame. You make us forget that. You put it under your feet and we trample on it in the name of Jesus. And instead, the title of honor that you bestow upon us is a crown of glory. Oh God, and we don't cast away our confidence because we know that we will reap if we faint not. And you have already prayed that we will not faint. Even though you said Satan desired to sift us as wheat, we will not faint because you have already prayed that our faith fails not so it cannot fail. Nor can your word, nor can the power of your blood, nor can the power of the cross, which has already moved everything out of the way, including the decrees and the handwriting and the data that was against us. You moved it out of the way and made a public spectacle of that which had made a public spectacle of us, of that which had caused shame and guilt and anything else, Lord, that didn't align with heaven's best for us. So I thank you for doing exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. In the name of Jesus, it is so. Amen and amen. Hey, family. I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.